Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. Sultry money. Money. DIY money. Money. Okay. Couple of odds and ends. Talk to us. Did you already tell us about your bike ride? Yeah, last week we talked about it, which was two episodes ago in podcast world. Okay. I think. But it just happened. Well, we talked about it beforehand. We're going to have to get you a mic. Because I don't think people can hear you as you talk off camera or off whatever. So it's really awkward when we, we respond to We can actually them. start incorporating you into the show. I think people should tell us if they want to do that. I just set you so up. So we'll know in about a month. No. <laughs> like, maybe not put him on there regularly. I'm talking about Logan, by the way. Who do we sits have another about, microphone? You know, we could get one. Uh, he sits about eight feet from us, and he, and he makes sure that we're uh, recording correctly and then plays the... He's just an all-around... Does everything. Production guru, everything. So, okay, we talked about it before. Before. And then you've now completed. I didn't die. You definitely did not die. Was it everything you dreamed of? It was amazing. It was a big hill. Yeah. Took us, I don't know, we stopped along the way to use the the restroom and stuff. So it took us like two and a half or three hours to get from our rental to the peak. We should psychoanalyze at this at some point. You know, you are riding 100 miles uphill. Uh, I am running 30. I did go downhill. Yeah, at some point. I'm running 30-some miles in the woods. Uh, you know, it, it, you wonder why. Like, why are we doing these things? Yeah, we're idiots. We have a family. We have children. Perfectly good couches at home. Couches. I mean, we're in shape, but, I mean, obviously that's a result of this. But why? Why do we do this? Why are we doing this? We are two wild and crazy guys. One last day looking at the market. Well, that's for sure. But it's, uh, you know, you, you, you're pressing. You're pushing. You're, you're trying to better yourself. Stamina, I, endurance, I think mental that, training. Yeah, I, I think the secret of, of life, I'm going to get real deep. I Ooh. wish we could just drop. Steve, drop some boom music here. Here we go. In my opinion, the secret of life is making sure you are striving towards a goal. And that goal could be business, could be personal, could be fitness, could be relational, financial. But if you wake up every day and you are going towards something, trying to pursue something, it's hard to sit around and be depressed when that happens. Now, I'm not, look, mental health is a big issue, and if people have challenges, you should certainly seek medical attention. But I'm just telling you, when I don't have something I'm striving towards, I am in a funk. And nine times out of ten, when I analyze that funk and I go, well, wait a second, what am I I trying to achieve right now? And nine times out of ten, that answer is nothing. And therefore, I need to do some soul searching and find some things I need to achieve. So when you get older, that gets harder, right? Because... You're in a career. Well, you start accomplishing, checking yeah, stuff off you, the list. I mean, but I mean, it's not like you're still in, you know, school. I want to get straight A's. I want to make mm-hmm. the dean's list, or I want to 
whatever, save for my first car or my house or, you know, whatever. All those things are kind of, you know, hopefully you check the boxes there. So you get older, you got to do crazy stuff, like ride 100 miles. Well, you just need a battle to fight. A battle to fight. Yes. DIY money. A battle to fight. Boom. I like that. Okay. (laughs) That was great. All right. Let's go to our first question. I totally don't remember who it's from. I know the question is fantastic. Who's that question from, Logan? Jesse. Jesse, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hello, Quint, Daniel, Logan. This is Jesse from Minnesota. Big fan of the podcast, guys, and big fan of the Bro Talk. Not to be too dramatic here, but if you lose the Bro Talk, you lose listener. So, my question revolves around the pros and cons of business ownership versus being an employee. Recently graduated from optometry school in 2020 and was fortunate enough to be hired by a successful practice in central Minnesota. My boss, who is the other doc in the office and also the owner of the clinic, recently approached me about becoming a partner in the practice. Currently, I work four days a week and am living a quite comfortable lifestyle with a great work-life balance, but of course the added income of partner ownership would certainly help me reach my financial goals a little more quickly. Any thoughts, concerns, or general feedback would be greatly appreciated. Keep crushing it, guys. Your your wisdom and time spent on this podcast is helping out a lot of people. Thank you very much. Okay, I, I don't think we could craft a better question. Uh, time, within a minute, gives us props to the bro talk. Actually says he would not be a listener if we got rid of the bro talk. That's why I did a little further extension of the bro talk this morning oh, really? this afternoon or whatever time period we had like one episode where one person criticized the bro talk and since then we've been on like no a it wasn't an episode they put it on our itunes review yeah like oh and we mentioned talk's it in like one cheesy, episode blah, blah, blah. i'm still sour at that like That's that rad. bothers me i can get off television and have 72 messages of people telling me i'm an idiot doesn't bother me like water off a duck's back that bothered me bothered me so I appreciate all the people who come on and are like, love the bro talk, because it's, like, it's just like telling that person, like, yeah, then don't listen, because that's what we do. They probably don't anymore. So anyways, uh, great question, because, look, thanks for the accolades on bro talk. Not saying you have to do that, all the people that send in the, the, the notes. But got to the question, very concise manner, uh, and, and uh, concluded... With some further accolades. That's I just like it. It's just bookended with like, you guys are great. <laughs> Every once in a while, we need that. The markets stink right now. It's a tough time. Okay. Uh, first of all, I, this is a total qualitative question. Uh, question. And I'm, you know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some insight from from a consummate entrepreneur, my, my personal, uh, you know, kind of lifestyle. And then I think Daniel adds some better color because he's kind of got a foot in both camps a little bit. Um, and I'll have him, you know, further that in a moment. But one of the things I want to, I want to stress is I've in the, in the past, I I've often said to people and kind of come out publicly and been like, ah, you know, everybody should own a business or everybody should pursue this or everybody should pursue that. And, and the reality is that's not true at all. And, and the reason is, is that, Yes, there's upside and the benefits that you alluded to specifically in your question. The increased income, further uh, or or faster progress towards your financial goals, et cetera, et cetera. However, and you already know this, but what you didn't say, 
And again, I know you know it, but what you didn't say, and it's very important to reiterate, is the added stress, the additional pressure, uh, the fact that, yes, while the upside is, is potentially greater and you will reach your financial goals, the downside is also greater. Because as an owner, if the business sours, if you then are now you know, responsible for not just, let's say, outstanding liabilities that they may or may not have, you're responsible for paying rent. You're responsible for paying salaries. You're responsible for when the IRS calls up and says, hey, that tax return you filed three years ago, we got a question about that. And look, you got an accountant, you got a process, but now you got to spend hours upon hours uh, over the next however many months, you know, fishing out information, pulling out old files, answering phone calls, email, you know, whatever. I mean, it it all comes uh, into the realm of being an owner of a business. It's not for everybody. It, it, it just isn't. I mean, it, that's not the case. So I think that what you have to really do is is really you know, weigh out the pros and cons on almost a piece of paper uh, for yourself. Then, then have that conversation with your spouse and and your uh, maybe confident, uh, you know, colleagues or mentors or whatever, and say, I'm looking at this. This is what I'm, you know, sort of exploring. What do you think? What do you think about this fitting into with my personality, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it, as you know, it's not just about uh, the upside. There is a tremendous amount of responsibility because the buck ultimately stops with you. Now, from my perspective, I would have it no other way. I just wouldn't, uh, especially in times where there's difficult situations. So perfect example, we run a business. Now, uh, some ownership elements of our business have changed in the last year uh, with an outside firm uh, taking an interest in our business. But still, we are viewed, I am viewed as as sort of the leader of this business, especially by the clients. So that rests on my shoulders. And during times of volatility, of uncertainty, etc., it, it's difficult, but I just would have it no other way. I, 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 at the end of the day, I don't want, and I've been in this situation, someone else to be making decisions, critical decisions that could impact my livelihood. I'd rather be the one who makes those decisions. Now, I do that in a team sort of fashion with Daniel and Logan and some other you know folks that are on our team. So it's not just an isolated uh, decision-making process, but again, it, it is a it is a balance between the responsibility and then the potential upside. So I personally think uh, you should further explore it, weigh all the pros and cons, and then once you make a decision, you go. You you don't second guess. It might end up not working. It might end up being a bad decision. But so what? You you make the decision and you just go and you do the best job you possibly can. And however it turns out. That'll be fine. That's my two cents. What say you, Daniel? It's pretty good. I think um, these are not mutually exclusive decisions. So once you become a, once you are a business owner, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not an employee of the business either. In fact, most people are owners, operators, or owner uh, employees, if you will. Uh, they are employees in their own business. Yes, they report to themselves as the owner, 
But there are also cases where an owner is not an employee, is not hands-on with the business, who is who is somewhat detached. In fact, when you buy uh, stock in the public market, you become an owner in the business, uh, an equity owner in a business like Apple or Google or you know uh, Walmart, whatever it is. But you're not an employee. You just experience the fruits, the uh, the dividends, the profits of that business, and the eventual equity growth. The same thing can actually happen in the private world. You can own a piece of the business, and and someday you could decide not to work in it. Obviously, you'd have to figure that out with the other equity holders, partners, etc., as to what then you get compensated. Is it just profit share uh, at the end of the year, etc.? So uh, just because you obtain ownership doesn't mean that you're no longer an employee. However, it does add that kind of layer of you now have a lot more responsibility and you have to put on both hats and, and think from both perspectives. You give up some of maybe the freedom that you have as an employee to say, well, that's just not really my concern. Uh, I don't own the business. Or to you know move around if things just don't suit you anymore. Uh, one of the benefits of being an employee is you can go somewhere else pretty easily. Uh, obviously, you can still do that as an owner. But again, you, you have the element of you still own the business. You have to kind of uh, operate within the terms of your operating agreement with your partners, whether or not you're going to sell out if you decide not to be an employee anymore, things of that nature. So, uh, I think it's important to note that you know the the ownership level is a just taking up the responsibility, accountability, as well as the rewards to the next level. Uh, but it does not negate the fact that you you still have to perform as an employee. Uh, and if you don't, on both sides of your operating agreement, there should be some type of understanding like, hey, if one of us is not a great employee anymore, then we step aside and we just be an owner. Uh, and that is what it is. But those aren't um, – there's not a fine line uh, between those. You you will operate in both those roles if you decide to go down the owner-employee route. Now, let's say that you go down this road. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think it would be important to share um, with Jesse is – to make sure you have uh, a team surrounding you uh, that will make you know ensure your business success or or the attributes that you don't want to deal with uh, are handled. So it sounds like I mean being part of already you stressed a successful practice. My guess is the entrepreneurs that founded this practice have that team. If they don't, I think it's an opportunity to to develop that team. What does that team look like? Well, making sure you have a good accountant who is handling you know, the tax filings and handling maybe payroll or helping with payroll, or it's outsourced and you have somebody watching over that or whatever it may be. A good attorney who's, who's there and the ability to help with you know, legal documents or any issues from a, uh, you know, an employee standpoint or whatever it may be. Uh, HR, you, know, you, could, you could have a situation where you're outsourcing some, some human resource responsibilities or you're doing that yourself, but you're, you're relying upon the expertise of maybe a consultant or something along those lines. One of the biggest mistakes I see people uh, make, especially if they're you know, not bootstrapping a business out of college and you know, they're trying something and they don't really know what they're doing, and you know, the, the probability of success there is lower. There's great opportunities. Many, many people have turned into great businesses over time, but but many people who go into business, let's say they've been in a practice themselves or they've been in a business themselves, they've gained expertise, and now they're going to go out and they're going to do it themselves. They, they forget that there's a lot more to just, you know, 
doing whatever it is that they've done and being the owner. So, I mean, this is not a great example, but I'm going to use it anyways. You, you have somebody who might be a chef in a restaurant, and, and they're the reason why a particular restaurant is doing exceptionally well. They, they create unbelievable dishes, et cetera, and they decide, okay, this is crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to be an owner of the restaurant. I'm going to take the, the brand, the name that I've developed, and I'm going to open my own restaurant. And that's fine, except they forget that there's a lot more than just cooking the food, ordering the food. Now, that's a huge part. That's actually one of the reasons why most restaurateurs who don't step foot in the kitchen don't, don't succeed is because they don't know that side of the business. But nonetheless, if you don't have the elements of uh, good accounting to handle payroll and taxes and so on and so forth and legal, you're going to run into some problems. So I would say that the final piece of the puzzle is just making sure you have a good team around you to help with all the things that you, know, you don't want to be dealing with. So you can focus on you know, your, your profession. Yeah, work towards your strengths and there fill you in your weaknesses. That was a great question, Jesse. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card, uh, and we wish you the best of luck. I- I'd love to know what you end up doing. So drop us a line maybe uh, some point in the future and let us know because that would be cool to see. Uh, all right. All he did was sent us an audio question. Inevitably, once or twice a week, I get questions written out. I- I'm going to say this again. I- I- and I respond, and I'm like, hey, this is a great question. Put it in an audio file. What is wrong with you people? So if you're listening to the show and you want to get a question in, jump on your, your iPhone or your Android, record a question. You have to physically record it. Then you email it to us, podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. If we use it on the show, we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.